0: Well, good morning. Welcome to Word of Life Chapel this morning. We're so glad that you could join us. I have a couple of announcements to share with you this morning as we begin our service. I encourage you to open your bulletin to, to be able to follow along with me. Today's the final day to order Easter lilies, so if you care to purchase a lily for Easter, please see Deb Markle. There she is right over here. Uh, the Revolution Student Ministries Youth Group is taking a mission trip to Bolivia this summer. We actually just went through and finished getting our tickets on Friday, so it's, it's for real. Um, but there's going to be a spaghetti lunch and pie auction following the service on March 25th. Uh, over in the fellowship hall. It is a lot of fun. Totally encourage you to come out, to invite people to come with you. Um, There is a sign-up sheet out there for both, for the pies, for making of pies, and for the the lunch, the spaghetti lunch itself. Please sign up on either one, whatever one works for you. And um, we ask that if you are making pies, you make at least two. One is to sample, and the other is for the auction. Um, And again, all proceeds, all donations that are given will go towards the missions trip. let's see here we'd like to congratulate the boys basketball team now this is a little bit late but on winning the district title um i believe they lost yesterday in states but that is quite an accomplishment to even make it to states. so let's give them a round of applause we have a couple guys here that are part of that team congratulations um on friday were the state archery tournament um, and we had actually two people that uh, either attend youth group or attend church that placed within the individual uh, realm. Ethan McCarran got third place um, individual, and Grant Schlegel got first place in the whole state, in the whole state. So congratulations, Grant. That is very exciting. Uh, Pastor Bob sent me a picture of Grant holding this big $1,000 check. I thought that was pretty... Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So congratulations, Grant. Um, Last announcement this morning is we'd like to extend our sympathies to Charlotte Gingrich and family upon the passing away of her husband, Rick Mull. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, we are so thankful for your love for us. Lord, we're thankful that we're able to sit here er, this morning and celebrate um, the different abilities and talents that you've given different ones with winning the basketball district championship to uh father placing first in the state in archery lord that is just so neat father we're thankful for every person here this morning and lord we know that you've brought every person here this morning for a specific purpose lord we ask that you would move in our hearts and our souls father speak truth to us today in jesus name amen Leonard's gonna come and lead us in him 458 Soldiers of Christ Arise.
1: I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we sing this hymn, 458. <clears throat> of Christ our Lord. before you sit down, turn around and make someone welcome.
2: Oh, the blessed sound of fellowship! <laughs> oh, that's great. We could let that go on all day, right? I mean, we just let's just let's let's order in some lunch, and uh, oh, it's just great to fellowship one with another. Tell me Jesus died For my transgressions That he paid that price A long, long time ago When he gave his life for me On a hill called Calvary But there's something else I want to know does he still feel the nails every time I fail does he hear the crowd cry crucify again am I causing him pain then I know I've got just can't bear the thought of hurting him. It seems that I'm so good at breaking promises, and I treat his precious grace so carelessly. But each time he forgives What if he relives The agony he felt Upon that tree Does he still feel the nails Every time I fail Does he hear the crowd cry Again, am I causing him pain? Then I know I've got to change, Cause I just can't bear the thought of hurting him. my faith have I crucified you Jesus with my sin oh I'm tired of playing games oh I really want to change never want
3: Thank you, Dean. Uh, A couple other folks I want to mention that we need to keep before the Lord. Um, Keep Jeff Gonser's mom in your prayers. Um, She's not doing very well right now, and I'm sure they would greatly appreciate your prayers. Uh, Also, um, some of you are probably aware that Gary Pritchard had a heart attack on uh, Saturday morning, early Saturday morning, at about one o'clock. He and Claudia were on their way to Florida And um, somewhere in Virginia, uh, he had a heart attack and um, was there. They did a heart cath. Uh, He didn't need any stents. Uh, We thank the Lord for that. And uh, they're actually sending him back home today. So um, we praise God for uh, the results of all of that. So, Father, now as we come before your throne, we are thankful. We are thankful, Lord, that you watch over your people. We are thankful, Lord, that you do all things right. Father, we don't always know why, but Father, we know that you're over all things. Father, we do bring before you this morning the Gingrich family. We think of Charlotte, who has lost her husband and ask that you would uh, watch over them tomorrow, Lord, as uh, the funeral takes place. That you would give comfort and grace and peace at this time of need. Father, I think also of uh, Mrs. Gunser uh, we pray, Lord, that uh, you might watch over her. Uh, we pray that your will might be done. And Father, if uh, she is to be ushered into your presence very soon, uh, Father, we accept that as being your perfect will. Uh, again, I pray for the family members, Jeff and others, and uh, ask, Lord, that you might give grace. Father, we are thankful for the results of the heart cath that Gary did not need a stents or any other procedure. We pray for a safe trip today as they travel back home and pray that you would give him strength. We pray that you, Lord, would watch over him in every way and that, Father, you would bring him back to us very soon. Father, we are thankful for this time that you've given us this morning. Father, this is your day and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you for the reminder that Uh, uh, in song that father you're a holy thrice uh, thrice holy god Uh, we thank you for that and we thank you father for the death of jesus and the shed blood that uh, is what is needed for our sins to be forgiven we thank you father for salvation which is given to us freely uh, through faith and by grace We thank you for the love that you've shown us there on Calvary's Hill. And pray that, Lord, that love that you've shown to us, that, Father, we might show that to others. For, Father, the world knows us by our love. They know we are your children by our love for one another. Father, help us to continue to have a strong love and unity here at Word of Life Chapel. Father, we thank you again for the ministries of the church. We thank you, Father, for... The ministries of teaching. Thank you for your word that is proclaimed each week. We think of the Iwana ministry. And thank you, Lord, for the leaders. Lord, as we come into the home stretch, just another month away, Father, till the closing program. And uh, Father, we're thankful for another good year that you've given to us. Father, for the boys and girls whose lives have been touched and changed. And we pray, Lord, that the good word of God that has been implanted in their minds and the seeds that have been sown that father they would bring forth much fruit father we don't always know um, what takes place in these children's minds and we don't know always what they're thinking but, father take this program uh, take the words that have been said and use them that they might not sin against you so again we thank you lord for bringing us together I pray once again, Lord, as we continue this series regarding spiritual warfare, Lord, remind us of the battle we're in. Father, remind us that, Father, we cannot fight in our own strength. Father, the foe is too powerful. Remind us, Lord, that this is your battle. And so we pray, Lord, as we look once again at this whole matter That, Father, you might guide us and direct us and give us the strength and power to be able to stand. May we put on the whole armor of God that we might be able to fend off the darts of the evil one. Again, we thank you for your power. We thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit lives within us, that we have everything we need to be able to be victorious And live the Christian life as we depend upon you and rely on you. So we thank you that we can be more than conquerors through him who loved us. You are a great and an amazing God. We thank you for being with us today. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Would you stand with us? We continue to worship the Lord. Oh,
4: victory in Jesus my Savior forever He sought me and bought me with His redeeming blood He loved me and I knew Him Oh, and all my love is due He plunged
0: Going free right when the gavel fell Great singing, you may be seated. Uh
3: (laughs) 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 All right, on that note. I ask you a question. Have you ever felt like life was throwing everything at you except the kitchen sink? And then, pow, here comes the kitchen sink. You know, often when it rains, it pours. In Ephesians chapter 6, we read this. We read of the fiery darts of the wicked one the fiery darts of the wicked one. Did you know that you are the target of his arrows? That's what it says in Ephesians chapter 16. 6 and verse 16. That we are the target of the arrows of the evil one. The truth is we are in a battle. And there are always demons at work trying to Draw you away from God, trying to destroy your family, trying to steal your peace. We are continually in this warfare. It's spiritual warfare. The enemy is not your neighbor or someone making your life miserable, the enemy is not circumstances or a difficult situation. The enemy is not sickness or drugs or even the government. The Bible says we are in spiritual warfare. And our enemy are powerful beings in the unseen world. And therefore, our weapons are not carnal, but mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the schemes and the wiles and the tactics of Satan. One of the weapons that God has given to us, and he has given us weapons, God has equipped us. He does not leave us alone. God does not say, listen, you fight the battle on your own. That's not God. God gives us weapons in order that we might be equipped. And one of those weapons, and the one we speak of this morning, is that of prayer. Prayer may not be regarded as one of those pieces of armor that Paul lists in Ephesians 6, but it clearly is a powerful, powerful weapon that we must use. So I invite you once again to turn to Ephesians 6, that classic passage on spiritual warfare. And at the very end of this text, in verse 18, Paul now speaks of prayer. You know, it's interesting that he speaks of prayer right after he mentions each piece of armor. Paul mentions six pieces of armor And he mentions those in four verses. And then he takes three verses to mention prayer. We need to understand this morning the importance of coming before the throne of grace. And I believe that none of these pieces of armor are effective unless they are bathed in prayer they are bathed in prayer. Ephesians 6, verse 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should spiritual warfare is not fault in the physical realm it's fault in prayer on our knees so let's break this text down and let's look at the weapon that God has given to us so that we can stand so that we don't have to be defeated so that we might have victory and be overcomers in this world we must pray first of all he says pray in the spirit a reminder that the battle we're in is spiritual That it must be fought in the strength of God. We're gonna close this morning by singing Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus. And the third stanza goes like this Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Stand in his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you. Ye dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor. Now listen, each piece. Put on with prayer. When duty calls or danger, be never wanting there. Put on each piece with prayer. Pray in the spirit, Paul says. James Montgomery Boyce, the former pastor of the 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia, he in his commentary on spiritual warfare said prayer is our secret resource. It's our secret resource. And many Christians, he uh, he states, can trace the secret of a defeated life to prayerlessness. Many Christians can trace a defeated life to prayerlessness. Our prayers must be spirit-led. They must be spirit-controlled, spirit-guided, spirit-directed, and spirit-prompted. We must pray in the Spirit. Secondly, Paul says in this text in Ephesians 6, pray constantly. Pray constantly. He says pray in the Spirit on all occasions. All occasions. All the time. Without ceasing. So I ask you, when do you pray? Paul says we should be praying all the time. So when do you pray? When you find yourself in a crisis? Is it right before you eat? Both times perfectly fitting and should be prayed. But the Bible says pray at all times. When you're happy. When you're sad. When you're encouraged. When you're discouraged. When you're up. When you're down, at church, at work, at home, on vacation. Prayer is to be an attitude, a continuous attitude. Paul elsewhere writes in First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17. Pray continually. Continually. Not quitting, not stopping. Why is that? Well, one of the reasons is, is because Satan never quits. Satan is constantly on the prowl. And prayer keeps us alert. It keeps us aware of the conflict. It keeps us on guard for his attacks. One of the commentaries suggested two things that prayer does. One is this. Prayer is an admission that we need God in this battle. When we come before God, we are admitting that we cannot, we cannot fight this battle in our own strength. Prayer is an admission. God, I need you, and I need your help. Secondly, prayer says to the enemy, we mean business. God is on our side, and we are here to win this battle. So prayer does at least those two things. Pray in the Spirit. Pray constantly. Pray all the time. Pray on all occasions. You know, Paul uses the word all four times in these verses I just read. All occasions, all kinds of prayers, always keep on praying for all God's people. Prayer is not something that we just kind of find a place in the middle of the day and kind of throw it in there. We're to pray all the time. And he says in point three, pray with variety. He says all kinds of prayer and requests. Not only God give me this, God give me that, God give me this over here. Now there's a place for that. It speaks of requests. Can you imagine a parent? Some of you are in this situation where your children, all they do is ask you for stuff. Give me this and give me that. How does a parent feel when a child only asks for stuff? How does God feel when the only prayer you offer is, God, give me? That's, there's a place for that. There's a place to say, God, would you give me a new job? God, would you give me peace of mind? God, would you give me strength today? There's a place for that. No question about it. But there are different kinds of, qu- of prayers. What about the prayer of thanksgiving? Do You ever just thank God? You ever just walk outside in the evening and say, thank you, God, for the sunset? that I'm able to enjoy. You get to work safely. Before you get out of your car, thank you, Lord, for another safe commute. Or you sit at the table, and you say as you look at that meal which you're about to eat, thank you, Father, for always giving us something good. Sometimes Thanksgiving is coupled with prayer. Paul says that, does he not? pray with thanksgiving so right in the midst of the prayer give me this but lord i thank you for what i have already so there's prayers of requests there's prayers of thanksgiving uh there's prayers of worship very similar to thanksgiving but the focus is more on god and what he has done i praise you god that you have sent jesus into this world i thank you god for saving my soul I thank you, God, for the blood of Jesus Christ that that cleanses us from all sin. I thank you that you have forgiven me. You see, that's the gospel. I thank you, God, for the gospel, that you loved us in such a way that, that you would give your one and only Son and you made salvation easy for us to simply believe and be saved. I thank you, God, for that. I thank you, God, that you're in control. We look around us and we see things out of control, but I thank you, God, that you're a sovereign God. You know, that's worship prayer. You're a sovereign God, and you sit on the throne of grace, and you call the shots. And God, you are so merciful to us. God, you give us stuff that we really don't even deserve. What about a prayer of consecration? Lord, today I give you myself. God, I seek your will in this situation. I commit myself to reading through the New Testament with a church at Word of Life Chapel. The prayer of consecration. Take my life and let it be. Consecrated, Lord, to thee. And then we have the prayer of intercession. And we're going to look at that in point number five where Paul says, pray for one another. That's the prayer of intercession. We have the duty, the responsibility to pray for one another. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But there's so many kinds of prayers. Don't limit yourself to just, God, give me this. Take advantage of these that I've mentioned. And then point number four, and he uses the word always, always, always keep on praying. Pray persistently. Jesus, when he told that parable in Luke chapter 18, he he began by saying men ought always to pray and never quit. Men ought always to pray and never faint. You know, one of Satan's tactics is to discourage us in prayer. And you know what I'm talking about. You have prayed for days and weeks and months and years for something or someone. And it's as though heaven is closed. It's as though God hasn't heard my prayer and you get discouraged and you quit how many times have we done that we prayed for something or someone and we just throw up in the towel and throw up our hands and say you know what probably God isn't going to come through this time that's one of Satan's tactics if he can just discourage us and to make us think that God really doesn't care that God really is not coming through That why would a God, the God of the universe, why would he even pay attention to what we had to say? But this is why this is spiritual warfare. Remember when God came to, or when Satan came to Eve? And God had already spoken to Eve. Don't eat of that forbidden fruit, or you will surely die. And Satan says, hath God really said? I mean, do you really think that God is going to you know, cause you to die if you eat of that fruit? You can be like God if you eat it. That's why God doesn't want you to eat it. But you can be like God. You see, what Satan's tactics are is, did God really say? Did he really say that he's going to answer our prayers? Did you really think God is going to do that? You really think God is going to answer your prayer? You little dot here on this earth? And so Paul says, pray persistently. Keep on praying. Men ought always to pray and never give up because God will come through. You know, there's a, a text back in Daniel chapter 10. And I want you to turn there this morning. I want to take a little time to help us understand what happens in this now listen all right you're still turning we're going to wait till the pages stop because i want you to hear this what happens when we pray and we don't get an answer what happens when there's a delay come on daniel's not that hard i didn't ask you to find micah it's Daniel, Ezekiel, Daniel. Okay, Ezekiel's a little bigger. Maybe you can find Ezekiel. He's still here and rumbling. My question is this. What happens when there's a delay in our prayers? What really is going on? You know, every once in a while, God is happy to roll back the curtain and give us a glimpse of what takes place in the spiritual world. Did you ever say to yourself, I would love to see what happens in that invisible world out there? Well, this morning I'm going to show you. Remember Job chapters 1 and 2? That's one of the situations in the Bible where, where God rolls back the curtain and shows us what takes place in the invisible world. He shows us the spiritual warfare. And in Job chapters 1 and 2, Satan comes before God. And Satan says, I see your servant down there on earth. I see Job. I see that he's a righteous man and a godly man. But I know why. Satan says to God, he's righteous and obedient only because you blessed him. I mean, look, at God, at what you did for Job. You gave him all of this. Let me take it away. And then let's see how Job reacts. Now, Job didn't know this was going on. We do because we read the book of Job. But there's this warfare taking place. The conversation between God and Satan. Job doesn't know this is taking place, but God saw fit to roll back the curtain so that we could see the invisible world. In Daniel chapter 10, God rolls back the curtain. You want to look into the invisible world? Do you want to know why your prayers sometimes are delayed? Why you get to the end of a month and you've been praying and nothing seems to happen? Why is that? In Daniel chapter 10, this is the context. This is the context. Israel was taken captive by the Babylonians. At a certain point in the history of Israel, Nebuchadnezzar comes sweeping into Jerusalem, knocks down the walls, knocks down the temple, takes the people, kidnaps them, takes them down to Babylon. Daniel was one of those that were taken captive. Over time, the Persians take over the Babylonians. And during this time, after 70 years, the Israelites were allowed to go back home. They were given permission. And some did. Some went back to the promised land. They they left Persia and they went back. But some stayed in Persia. And some found Persia to be a nice place to live. But Daniel's burdened by the ones who decided to stay in Persia He's burdened by these Israelites who decided not to go back to the promised land but found another world to love. And so Daniel prays. Daniel comes before God and says, God, would you stir up the hearts of these people who decided not to go back home? Stir them up. Stir their hearts. In chapter 10 and verse 2, look at this verse. It says, At that time, I, Daniel, I mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food. No meat or wine touched my lips. And I used no lotions at that time until the three weeks are over. Daniel prays. Daniel fasts. Daniel mourns for three weeks. And he gets no answer. God doesn't answer. And then a heavenly messenger shows up. Now, I believe this heavenly, me- well, I don't know exactly who this is. Probably some type of angelic being. And this angelic being, he comes and he touches Daniel, and then he begins to speak. I really believe that this heavenly messenger was probably there with Daniel all the time. Remember, we're now moving into the spiritual realm, into the invisible realm. This angelic being shows up. Daniel now can see him. As I said, I think he was probably there before, but Daniel's eyes were now open to be able to see. Remember back in... The Old Testament, where Elisha and his servant went to a city called Dothan, and in this city, the enemy was pursuing them. And actually, the enemy surrounded the city the horses and the chariots. And the servant looks out and sees the armies and is scared to death. And he says to Elisha, Elisha, we're going to be defeated, we're going to be killed. And Elisha says, "Ah, you know, don't worry. There's more of us than there are of them. And the servant looks at Elisha. There's two of us. One, two. And there's hundreds and hundreds out there. Elisha says, there's more of us than there are of them. And then Elisha says to God, would you open the servant's eyes? And the servant's eyes are opened. And he looks into the invisible realm. Now he sees the armies of God. He sees the chariots and the horses of fire. I believe what's taking place here Daniel's eyes now are opened. And he sees now this this heavenly messenger who comes to him in verse 12. Listen. Then he continued this heavenly messenger. He's speaking now to Daniel. Do not be afraid, Daniel. Now listen, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. This heavenly messenger says to Daniel, now get this. Daniel, you started praying three weeks ago the very first words that came out of your mouth three weeks ago, God heard those. But I now, after three weeks, am coming to give you the answer to your prayers. Ray Stedman in his commentary said this. He said, the moment we pray, the answer is on its way. The moment we pray, the answer is on its way. And so the messenger comes to Daniel and says, I have come now to give you the answer. God already heard your prayers. The first word that came out of your mouth, God heard that. So why the delay? We still haven't answered that question. Why three weeks? If God heard his prayer three weeks ago, why now the answer? Why wait three weeks? Look at verse 13. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days then Michael one of the chief princes came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia now everyone believes this text that the prince of the Persian empire that is spoken of here at the beginning of this verse was, and I'll quote the NIV Study Bible, apparently a demon exercising influence over the Persian realm in the interest of Satan. Now understand what's being said here. There was a demon that Satan assigned to the Persian kingdom. And this demon was was causing this angelic being from delivering the message to Daniel. And so after three weeks of this resistance, this spiritual warfare between God's heavenly messenger and this demon of the Persian Empire, the angelic being Michael, the archangel, the prince or the chief prince comes to help. Are you understanding this? Daniel prays. God hears. God sends the answer through this heavenly messenger. But the heavenly messenger is detained by this demonic one sent by Satan. So we have for three weeks, for 21 days, we have this... And I don't know what this looks like. But there's this battle that the heavenly messenger cannot come to Daniel. And then after three weeks, Michael the archangel comes to help, I guess detaining the demon, so that the heavenly messenger then could come to Daniel and deliver the message. And so, it says in verse 14, Now I've come to explain. I couldn't do it before. This heavenly messenger was not as strong as the demonic force. He needed Michael's help. And the reason I tell you this story is it does. It gives us a glimpse. Listen, this is warfare language. There is a battle taking place. And so when we pray and we don't get an answer, could it be that our answers are being detained by demonic forces? And so we can't quit. What if we were to quit? What if Daniel, after a week, were to quit? Would he ever have gotten the message? I don't know. My question to you this morning is, who who or what have you given up on? Maybe you've been praying for months and years. Did you quit? Did 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 you give up? Did you think that somehow God isn't going to come through? God will come through. He will answer your prayer. He always does. It's not always the answer we would like. We always want God to answer the way we want him to answer. But sometimes God says, no, I'm not going to do that. But sometimes there's these these delays. Prayer is spiritual warfare. Paul says in Ephesians 6, we are to pray continually and persistently. Don't quit. Don't ever quit on someone. You've been praying for, you keep praying. Maybe you need to start up again. Don't quit. You're in a situation that you've been praying for, and you say, ah, you know, it's just a waste of time. No, it's not. You keep praying. Don't ever, ever quit. And then finally, pray for believers. Pray for believers. Paul says, pray for all the saints. He says, pray for the Lord's people. This is intercessory prayer. It's taking that person and taking that person over there and bringing them before the throne of grace. It's holding them up. Let me read a quote to you. Did you ever think that you may provide the strength that another person needs to be successful in winning a spiritual battle? Did you ever think that you might be the strength you know, that person might be too weak. Maybe they, they are in a situation where they, they're just not, no one would say they're not capable of praying, but I'll give you an example. I know when my mom was dying of leukemia, and I remember she was a prayer warrior. She would sit and pray hours a day. But when she was dying of leukemia, she said, I can't pray anymore. I can't pray anymore. Maybe there's someone you know that's in a situation that they, they just are, don't know what to do. Maybe you're the strength for them. Did you ever think of that? That God might bring you into their lives to be their strength in this spiritual battle or a situation that you need to pray for. I want to thank some people this morning. I want to thank those of you who take this prayer list in our bulletin and you faithfully, because I know there are some of you who do that, you faithfully pray for the folks in this church and outside this church. But these folks, some of them may not be even praying for themselves. Maybe you're that person to step into their lives and bring them before God's throne. I thank you for that. I thank you, you who pray for the ministries here at Word of Life Chapel. Bruce Bruce. Bush said to me one time, nothing good happens in a church apart from prayer. Nothing good happens. And some of you are praying for the teaching ministry and the music ministry and the pulpit ministry, and I thank you for that. And I want to thank the Sunday night prayer meeting group. They have been called by many the prayer warriors who come every Sunday night and they pray over this sheet and they pray for you and they pray for the ministries of this church i thank you for coming out on sunday nights and doing that because we're praying for one another we're we're comrades in this battle we're supporting we're standing shoulder to shoulder and prayer is a huge huge weapon I'll close by telling you another Old Testament story. Back in Exodus chapter 7, there's a young man, his name is Joshua. And Joshua was the successor of Moses. Moses is going to phase off the scene and Joshua then is going to take over um, being the leader of, of the Israelites. And young Joshua is the leader of the Israelite army. And they're fighting against the Amalekites. And down in the valley is Joshua with all his soldiers, with the spears and the shields. But up on the mountain is Moses. And Moses is praying up on that mountain. And the story goes that he has in his hand a rod or a staff, And he's to hold the staff high into the air, which he did. And as long as he had his arms raised, Joshua and the Israelites were winning. But you can't hold your arms in the air that awfully long. And so when his arms grew tired and they came down at his side, the enemy was winning. So when Moses would raise his arms, Israelites would win. When the arms would come down, the Amalekites would win. So along comes Aaron and Hur, and they stand beside Moses. They give him a rock to sit on, and one holds one arm, and one holds the other arm. And they hold Moses' arms in the air until there is victory in the valley. Now where was the battle fought? where was the battle fought? You say, well, down in the valley. Was it? See, that's the physical world, right? Up on the mountain, that's the spiritual world. And apart from prayer, apart from Moses and his hands up, the Israelites would have been defeated. Prayer is such an important weapon in the physical battles we have here on earth. Battles are won on our knees. Battles are won when we drop to our knees. James chapter 5 says the prayer of a righteous man is powerful, powerful, and it is effective. Take your hymn books, if you would please, and turn with me to hymn number 456. We wanna close by singing all four stanzas, 456, and we're gonna stand up and stand up for Jesus, and notice the words of this song. These are battle words, but we'll sing this together and will be dismissed.
5: Stand up, stand up for Jesus, soldiers of the cross. Lift high His royal banner, it must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead. Till every foe is vanquished, Christ is Lord indeed. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, trumpet call over. For to the mighty conflict Ye that are men against unnumbered foes curries rise with danger strength to strength upon Stand up, stand up for Jesus. <clears throat> the arm of faith will fail you, dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel, peace put on with prayer. Stand up for Jesus, strife will not be long. The noise of battle next the victor's song to him that over crown of life be.
3: Father, we thank you for the weapon of prayer. We thank you that you have not left us alone. But Father, you stand with us. You have equipped us. Father, help us to take advantage of this powerful, powerful weapon that you've given to each of us. Lord, may these words of Paul, may they sink in, stir our hearts to understand how important it is be able to come before you in prayer. We thank you for the Spirit of God who works among us. Continue to work using your word even as we are dismissed. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.